2: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
3: Hello, everybody. This is Vanessa. And Casper. We just got back from Minneapolis. We are actually walking through Boston Logan right now. It's just very, very quiet. <laughs> Our sound effects are amazing. We had so much fun in Minneapolis, and today is going to be the first time that we are sharing one of our live shows, not just as a bonus episode, but as one of the actual chapters of one of the books that we are going through. We are going to talk about chapter 26, the second task through the theme of loyalty.
4: Mm, so you will be just as if you were in the audience live in the Basilica of St. Mary, the oldest Catholic basilica in the whole of America, right here in Minneapolis slash there.
3: Because we're at Boston Logan right now. That's right. (laughs) Because it was a live show, you're going to hear some edits because we have the audience turn to each other. So we're going to edit out the bits where they're just chatting. And you're also going to hear some laughter that you may not understand because Ariana put together a hilarious slideshow, for example, in my opening story. Also, we just want to offer a little bit of a warning. When we are live, we are unedited. And so there's a little more adult-ish content. I would say that our live shows are more PG-13 than PG. And so if you are listening with a young listener, you might want to pre-listen to the episode and make sure it's appropriate for them. I don't think we cross any big lines, but there's a little bit more banter than usual.
4: Yes. And any swearing is bleeped out. So there won't be any words that might be particularly shocking, but there are some more adult themes explored in our conversation.
3: For those youngsters who decide to skip this episode, we have a little offering for you until we talk to you next week. Casper, what shall we be hearing?
4: The Three Little Pigs by Roald Dahl. The animal I really dig above all others is the pig. Pigs are noble. Pigs are clever. Pigs are courteous. However, now and then, to break this rule, one meets a pig who is a fool. What, for example, would you say if strolling through the woods one day, right there in front of you, you saw a pig who'd built his house of straw? The wolf who saw it licked his lips and said, That pig has had his chips. Little pig, little pig, let me come in. No, no, by the hairs on my chinny-chin-chin. Then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. The little pig began to pray, but Wolfie blew his house away. He shouted, bacon, pork, and ham. Oh, what a lucky wolf I am. And though he ate the pig quite fast, he carefully kept the tail till last. Wolf wandered on, a trifle bloated. Surprise, surprise, for soon he noted another little house for pigs. And this one had been built of twigs. Little pig, little pig, let me come in. No, no, by the hairs on my chinny-chin-chin. Then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. The wolf said, OK, here we go, and then began to blow and blow. The little pig began to squeal. He cried, Oh, wolf, you've had one meal. Why can't we talk and make a deal? The wolf replied, Not on your nelly. And soon the pig was in his belly. Two juicy little pigs, wolf cried, but still I'm not quite satisfied. I know how full my tummy's bulging, but oh, how I adore indulging. So creeping quietly as a mouse, the wolf approached another house. A house which also had inside a little pig trying to hide. You'll not get me, the piggy cried. I'll blow you down, the wolf replied. You'll need, pig said, a lot of puff, and I don't think you've got enough. Wolf huffed and puffed and blew and blew. The house stayed up, as good as new. If I can't blow it down, Wolf said, I'll have to blow it up instead. (laughs) I'll come back in the dead of night and blow it up with dynamite. Pig cried, you brute, I might have known. Then, picking up the telephone, he dialed as quickly as he could the number of Red Riding Hood. Hello, she said. Who's speaking? Who? Oh, hello, Piggy. How do you do? Pig cried. I need your help, Miss Hood. Oh, help me, please. Do you think you could? I'll try, of course, Miss Hood replied. What's on your mind? A wolf, Pig cried. I know you've dealt with wolves before, and now I've got one at my door. My darling pig, she said. My sweet, that's something really up my street. I've just begun to wash my hair, but when it's dry, I'll be right there. A short while later, through the wood, came striding brave Miss Riding Hood. The wolf stood there, his eyes ablaze, and yellowish like mayonnaise, his teeth were sharp, his gums were raw, and spit was dripping from his jaw. Once more the maiden's eyelid flickers, she draws the pistol from her knickers, once more she hits the vital spot and kills him with a single shot. Pig, peeping through the window, stood and yelled, Well done, Miss Riding Hood! Ah, Piglet, you must never trust young ladies from the upper crust, for now— Miss Riding Hood, one notes, not only has two wolfskin coats, but when she goes from place to place, she has a pigskin traveling case.
3: Ah! <laughs> Whether or not you decide to listen to this Minneapolis live show, we hope that you enjoyed Casper's twisted idea of what is appropriate for children.
2: <laughs> Enjoy! <laughs>
4: Chapter 26, The Second Task. You said you'd already worked out that egg clue, said Hermione indignantly. Keep your voice down, said Harry crossly. I just need to sort of fine-tune it, all right?
2: He, Ron,
4: and Hermione were sitting at the very back of the charms class with a table to themselves. They were supposed to be practicing the opposite of the summoning charm today, the banishing charm. I'm Caspar Kyle.
3: And I'm Vanessa Zoltan.
4: And this is Harry Potter and the Sacred Text: The,
3: the Live Show.
4: Show! Woo! Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi, hi, Twin Cities.
3: <laughs> um, before we jump in, we want to make um, a formal introduction. She has a face. She has a voice. She has hands. She has a book. Her it's Ariana, Ariana Nettleman. Nettleman. You will have um, a newfound appreciation for her tonight as um, you hear us talk without being edited. And we'll be like, wow, she's really good at what she does. And um, Ariana is also doing music for us for the first time ever tonight. Ooh. So behold, Ariana the hipster.
4: Um, and... It's a very special day, not only because it's a live show, but for some birthdays.
3: Yes. So we heard from Shannon that it is Anna Redeman's birthday. Anna? Anna? Yes. Anna, happy birthday. Yes,
4: happy birthday, Anna.
3: And we have also heard that it is Erica Halverson's birthday. Erica! Erica! From Wisconsin. Yes. Can we all, on the count of three, say "Happy Birthday"? You were worried I was gonna ask you to sing. I'm not. Let's all say "Happy Birthday" on the count of three. One, two, three. Happy, happy birthday. birthday! I wouldn't choose to spend my birthday like this, but good for you. <laughs> good for you. No, I totally would. We. Never mind. I'm not gonna tell you what I did on my birthday this year because it was weirder than going to the show. Okay. What did you do? No,
4: I just. Oh, said I'm, I'm sorry.
2: Not
3: Ariana and I went to a concert that was hosted in a guy's living room, literally. That's awesome. And we went and got our tarot read. Yes, we had our tarot read. Weirder than going to this. But we did that because of this, because we had been reading about Trelawney. Right, about Trelawney. I got inspired by Trelawney and was like, I want to have my tarot read. And And that's where
4: you went wrong. because.
3: Trelawney. Blessing women has been a blessing to me. There you go. Yeah, That's there fair you go. Enough. That's okay. fair enough.
4: Um, we are going to start our show this evening as we do every show, which is with a story.
3: Yeah. And
4: Vanessa, I hope you're going to tell one.
3: Um, so for those of you who prepared, we are reading tonight's chapter, the second task of the theme of loyalty. Who
4: brought their books? Excellent. Excellent. 50 Great. points for you all. Excellent.
3: Yes. Um, And so I was thinking about what story I could tell with loyalty. And I'm going to tell this story, which makes my mom sound really bad. So let me just say up front, I have a great mom. I love my mom. We have a great relationship. That's her. Um, So when, when we were little, when my brothers and I were little, and until we weren't so little, we did karate together, the three of us, for a long, long time. And every Tuesday night, those are my brothers and me, every Tuesday night, Um, after karate practice, my mom would take us grocery shopping with her, and we would do our big grocery shopping for for the week. And my mom, evidence that my mom was a good mom, she did a really good job, like, making grocery shopping fun. So she would, like, you know, give us, make games out of it, and would say, like, okay, David, who's the oldest, like, you go get the ketchup, and Vanessa, you are in charge of getting the olives, and Jonathan, the little one, you're in charge of getting... the cocaine and everybody (laughs) meet back here and whoever can be back here first wins and we would all go and jonathan would always win because of all the cocaine and um and it was like that was a game and like everything was really fun and it was great except there was one thing about grocery shopping with my mother that was just like it was hellish about grocery shopping with my mom (laughs) and that is that we would get in line with our like very full cart We would wait in line. You know where this is going. Other moms do this too. And we'd start emptying. And it was something about that first item touching the conveyor belt that would be like, bing, I forgot something, (laughs) my mom would say. And so she would then go and get whatever item she forgot. She'd be like, I forgot the noodles. And it was the 80s, which for those of you who are alive in the 80s, it was a time of fear-mongering about children being kidnapped. Like this was on (laughs) milk bottles and like... You were all constantly being warned about like, being offered candy by scary men who will pull you into a white van. And so when my mom would go off, like, terror would set in with my brothers and I, right? We were like, these karate outfits are not gonna protect us from much. <laughs> and we would sort of look behind us at the people behind us and be like, I'm so sorry. We understand she might not be back in time and that will ruin your whole life. <laughs> and, and then we would like look at the cashier and be like, what if she's not back to pay? Maybe we have to, like, go home with him and wash his dishes for him to make it up. Because, like, you know, the groceries are probably really expensive because of all the cocaine. And so we, like, how are we going to pay, like, work off this debt? And she, because, guys, she would be gone forever. Like, forever. And to her credit, she always made it back in time before the final item scan. But that seemed like skin of our teeth. Like, it was just a matter of time. And so one night we're home for dinner and my brothers and I decide that we are going to lodge a formal complaint to the highest authority we know under my mom, which is my dad. (laughs) And we go to him and we're like, Dad, we know that mom is a very good mom, except every week she abandons us (laughs) to what we presume will eventually be our death. And we tell him what she does and we're like, Dad, you don't understand. She's gone forever. And my mom is like, Peter they're crazy I'm gone for 30 seconds and we're like no that is not true and then my dad is like Vanessa I understand that it might feel longer time is relative and I'm like I understand about time dad she is gone forever <laughs> and then my dad is like Vanessa you did too much cocaine today calm down and I was like that's my last cocaine joke I, I was promise. was gonna
4: say it's really running
2: thin yeah <laughs>
3: And so I was like, dad, you know, dad if you were to see it, you would understand. So the following week my dad comes grocery shopping with us. He's like, I will witness this for myself. And we were like, thank you. Part of me thought that my mom wouldn't like miss an item, right? Like now that there's like a witness there, she's going to conveniently like not do that. And so we go we all go grocery shopping as a family. And um, sure enough, we get in line, first item goes on the conveyor belt, whatever ding goes off in my mom's brain when she sees something on a conveyor belt goes off. I forgot the frozen broccoli, she goes off, and she is, you know, gone forever. And my dad looks at us and he's like, I will grant you that this is longer than 30 seconds. And we're like, told you, relativity, nothing. And he was like, but I really don't understand what the big deal is, her purse is right here. Like, she leaves her purse with you worst case scenario, you pay the cashier and you like wait in front. And I was like, dad, a purse? I don't know how that works. She pays with a checkbook. That is like filling out like an insurance claim. Like, I don't know what that is. And it occurred to me in that moment, I was like, my dad was primed to be loyal to us, right? He was like, I remember what it was like to be a kid and have things take forever and be scared and then, because he didn't understand how, how complicated a purse is to us. My dad is a really good dad. I called him before the show and was like, this is what I'm gonna do to you tonight. And he was like, I love you, mazel tov. And I was like, okay. But because he couldn't understand what it is that we were, what our anxiety was, he couldn't be loyal to us. And it, I was thinking about it in this moment in the chapter when Harry comes up with Ron and everybody is saying to Ron, to, to Ron, to Harry, Hermione and Ron are saying to Harry, I can't believe that you thought that this was like people were going to actually die. And Harry thinks to himself, he's like, you weren't conscious down there. You don't understand how stressful it was down there and how like dead you guys looked and they are disloyal to him in that moment. And I mean they're teasing him and it's all in good fun. But I do think and I'm interested in talking to you about this tonight, Casper, that in order mm. to be truly loyal to someone, you have to have empathy and understanding for what it is that they are going through. And so that is my story for tonight. Mm. Um oh, thank you.
4: Huh. That's really stimulating.
3: Thank you. I will say, I worked on this segue all night. Do you know when time isn't relative?
4: (laughs) The 30 second recap.
3: recap. (laughs) Guys, those segues do not write themselves. (laughs) Okay? Hours in the studio, hours.
4: Pretty much every week, you know, it'll be like truth, and we'll be like, you know what's true? (laughs) (laughs) Loss, you know what you're losing next?
3: Love, do you know what I love <laughs> to watch you, you suffer. Fail. It's amazing how it works for everything.
5: <laughs> so usually when we do the thirty-second recap in the studio, you can go online to our website and vote for who does yes. better. Um, but today we have all of you to assist us. So we're gonna do one of those handy clapometers, yes. Vanessa. Is gonna do her 30 second recap. Casper is gonna do his 30 second recap. Casper's gonna go first. Yeah.
3: Um,
5: yeah. I was that horrified look on my face? Vanessa <laughs> just told a story. She can take a second. Yeah. Um, and then you will clap for who you think did better. And we have this crown. Oh. Oh, oh it just got real. <laughs> I liked it. And I will crown the true 30 second okay. recap winner okay. tonight. All right. Okay. Are we ready? So yeah, just, am
3: I going to count
4: you in? Yeah, but just to clarify, the clapping is not straight after the 30-second recap, right. so there's like a special moment where the clapometer is introduced. Right,
3: so don't bother clapping after his 30-second recap. I'm, I'm just saying save, save gonna, the clapping. She's going to, at the end, okay. be like, people who like Casper better, yeah. there'll be silence, and then it'll be like, who like Vanessa better? And you guys will go, woo! <laughs> just getting them ready. On your mark, get set. Recap. So
4: Harry is like freaking out. What's the second challenge? I don't know. So many library books. Let's go to library. Uh, Then they will leave. But no, I'm going to come back because like more library books. Um, A a cloak. Um, Then sleeping. Uh, Then Dobby. Bing. (laughs) Gillyweed. Oh my God. Run, 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 run. Creepies to the side. Run, 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 run. D- like dive in with all the all the clothing swim sim, swim swim moaning metal they're that, that way uh, um, mer people no first is the other one grindy Lowe's mer people rescue wait 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 Shark's head come back and bring rescue Gabrielle wow
3: <laughs> alright Vanessa I talked a lot of smack for that to be so bad.
4: <laughs> okay but I know that you too have game Vanessa thank you so true Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Three, two, one. Go.
3: So it turns out that Harry has lied to everybody, and Hermione's like, I could have helped you all along, dummy. And then they spend a lot of time in the library, and they're practicing summoning charms. And Harry is like, what's really more important is the fact that Snape is getting a double, a second chance, and that's really important. And then when they go under, Harry knows that he's only supposed to save Ron, but really he goes and he saves everybody. And when he comes up, he gets extra points because, oh my god, I have so much more time. He comes up, and he gets extra points, and Dumbledore confers with the the head person and is like, oh, Harry is really brave, and we just changed the rules of the whole Triwizard tournament. Mary he gets laid. <laughs> okay, folks. All right. Moment of truth. I'll just say that I think the crown would look better on me. Shh. I'll just say that. <laughs> Luckily, we do this based on merit. Yes. As the Tri-Wizard Tournament shows us, what it is that we are meriting can change in a moment's notice. It could be who brings up their person first, who does a better 30 second recap, or it could be who looks better on a crown. Okay, this (laughs) time it's who did a better 30 second recap. recap. So for those who thought it was
5: Casper, please clap now. For those who thought it was Vanessa, please clap
3: now. Those dollar bills I handed out earlier
2: oh,
3: oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, Thanks you know, everyone It means a lot to him Is- <laughs> you know me so well Is there anything that you know that you missed in yeah. your recaps Oh. We missed that Neville is really bad at the banishing charm and keeps um, sending Flitwick across yeah. the room. Yeah. Um, is
4: Flitwick into it? You uh, like, what?
3: somehow well, so we didn't miss. name all of
5: the wonderful books that they were reading.
2: Yes. I don't know how you missed yeah, that. Yeah, how did we But some
5: of my, one of my favorites was Saucy Tricks for Tricky Sorts.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and like discovering powers that you never knew you had and what to do with them. Yes, yes. That's like another good one.
5: Um, <laughs> did we mention Moaning
4: Myrtle? Oh Yeah,
3: Casper did. Oh, Casper yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Like, Goldsberry. she
4: points Harry on his way. Um, obviously, like, he grows gills. Like, that's a pretty intense moment.
3: Anything else we forgot?
4: What else we're happened?
3: Yes. He writes a letter to Sirius, and he gets back a very disappointing response. Sirius does not read his mind and assume that he wants yeah. help on a task that Harry has not told Sirius Didn't about. Didn't tell him
4: about. <laughs> what Come on, a Harry.
3: terrible godfather. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that in... Because I'm, as you know, a Brit, and we're in America, and the the phrase oh, it's next weekend, is profoundly confusing for me. Because, okay, so it it's Sunday today. Yeah, is it this? Because in England, next weekend is not this weekend. It's next weekend. Okay, this is clearly only interesting no, to this me. is <laughs> true. But isn't that true in America too? No, people say next weekend, and they mean the com- one that's coming next. They See, there is confusion in the audience. Anyway, the point being is... <laughs> is harry says next weekend is the hogsmeade's like uh. weekend visit and like sirius doesn't know so, i anyway. thought in
3: england it makes sense
4: well yeah that's true <laughs> no.
3: well, hold on a second i just want you to know these books take place in the uk
4: It's very true
3: i didn't know if you knew that
4: which is why i read from an authentic british copy okay, not whatever. your american that's did that's
3: we good. forget what else did we forget um, nothing percy. that makes sense did we mentioned percy Oh, oh, Percy is like brought to tears over the fact that Ron might have died. I love he like looks them. younger. The text says, yes. which is weird.
4: Maybe. Ashen-faced,
3: because usually trauma ages you, right? It's but like, w- it, Percy's always like trying to be oh, okay, so yeah. he's letting his like inner child out. And
4: Crouch is not there. Yes, you know what else is? What else is?
3: Hagrid is back to teaching and we Unicorns. meet these unicorn babies. Unicorns. And the trio's like, who cares about unicorn babies? Let's chat. And I'm like, I'd want to hang out with the unicorn babies.
4: And um, we learn a little bit more about like um, becoming, you have to register to become an animagi, an anima, animagus. Right. And uh, someone
5: back there mentioned the beetle.
4: Yes. I actually didn't. <gasps> cut Yeah.
3: When Hermione puts a beetle out of her hair, it's Rita Skeeter.
4: I did not you clock You
3: saw that. me get that. If this were not a live episode, Ariana would be like, do you want to do that again? And I'd say, yes. <laughs> but... So
4: as ever, there is so much that happens in these chapters. And we're going to dig into all of it together. There'll be some moments where you get to talk about it with each other as well. So look forward to that.
5: Many people perhaps did not see it because our slideshow was not functioning. But we had a couple of questions up on the screen before the show started. And one of the questions we asked was, do you do you have any questions for Vanessa or Casper to answer on stage? And so Caspar, I have a question for you. Okay. From... Renee.
4: I'm sorry, I'm married. <laughs> 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 I hate myself. <laughs>
5: Her question was what, what would your best and worst Hogwarts subjects be if you were a student there? Oh. What oh, a nice
3: question.
4: Um, I think I would be really good. I don't know, in, in some. Oh my god, I'm totally. Trelawney's classroom. Divination. Divination is mostly forgive my French bullshit. So I think I would be quite good at that. (laughs) Um, I think I'd be very, very bad at potions because I'm not a details person. And that is so much about precision. That's why my husband is in charge of the kitchen. And I'm in charge of like meeting guests when they arrive. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) true.
3: Okay. Thank you. Um, I was going to would be bad at defense against the dark arts because you would just turn over. I uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, this is amazing. Yeah, you should all learn how to defend against it.
2: <laughs>
3: Our theme
5: this week yes, is loyalty. loyalty. Yes. Um, oh, we haven't
4: said that yet. We, the yeah, theme yeah, is we loyalty. Did. Oh, we, we did? Said that. Okay, I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> and I have a question for you.
2: <laughs>
5: Are we done? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um... Which is that we read chapter 24 through the theme of integrity, yes. if you remember. Mm. And in that chapter, we kind of had this question about the relationship between integrity and loyalty. Mm. And since we're reading this chapter through loyalty, I thought we would revisit that question. Um, so what you said for chapter 24 was that integrity and loyalty are often in opposition to one another. Mm-hmm. That... If sometimes your loyalty to someone has to come before your integrity to the truth, and sometimes the other way around—that if you if you want to ma- maintain integrity, you have to give up your loyalty to someone—and I'm wondering if this chapter challenges your interpretation of that, or if there's somewhere you see it that can help ex- mm. explore that, Casper.
4: Um, the the thing that really strikes me is that you know as Vanessa was saying, Harry's kind of ridiculed for his. I mean, really, in this moment, it's both loyalty and integrity. And I think in some ways, it's his loyalty that stimulates his integrity. You know, he loves Hermione. He doesn't know Gabriella, but he he feels like there's this child and she's underwater and it's all about to end. Um, so I feel like, you know, his desire to stay initially is for Hermione but the fact that he rescues Gabriella in the end is integrity. And so kind of one is a bridge to the other. That, you, that's how I read that. Can
5: you tell us a little bit about the moment that you're talking about in the chapter? Yeah.
4: Well, so Harry finally finds the the four kind of... It um, feels like a hostage situation. I'm just going to say that. Um, and the, finds the four hostages. He's the first one there. He's got his gills and his, you know, flippers. And go, Harry. Um, go, Dobby. Yeah. <laughs> go, Dobby. Exactly. Go,
3: Barty Crouch Jr. for setting yeah. up Dobby. Yeah, because... <laughs> She's <laughs> go Harry Harry.
4: Um, so he's the first one there and he's like sweet Ron is here great oh no also Cho Chang also Hermione also Fleur Delacour's younger sister Gabriella Um, and so he's kind of like he finds the stone frees Ron and he's like chilling but then he's like oh my god what about these other people and I feel like he stays that initial impulse to say is because of his relationship with Hermione but the reason why he stays even after um, you know Hermione is saved by Crum, and then later Cedric gets Cho Chang um, or the other way around um, the reason why he stays for Gabriella to bring her back up in the end as well is because of his integrity does that make sense so
5: his loyalty to staying for Hermione right right leads to him staying for everyone. yeah else. so
4: they're not in opposition here it's actually one leading to another
3: is that a good enough answer yeah do, you have, have, do you have anything to add yes <laughs> always go for it <laughs> always it's annoying <laughs> um what I'm interested in, because we talk a lot about practicing things mm-hmm. on the podcast, and so um, Harry Harry's loyalty to Hermione triggers. Oh shoot! I think I'm just like I'm just honing in on what you're saying. I don't think I'm saying anything really new, but. Um, He's like, oh, this is what I would do for a friend. I think we're seeing the instinct of practicing helps us be better to strangers. Oh, I love that. Because he's like, oh, I would do this for a friend. Cho is sort of my friend. I, like, asked her on a date. I guess I should do it for her, too. And then Cedric comes and (sighs) rescues her. And he's like, well, if I was going to do it for my friend, and I was going to do it for my, like, pseudo-crush... I should also do it for this stranger, right? And so I feel like it's his, by practicing his loyalty, he gets better and better at it. And I think it's like what we talk about all the time that like love begets love, right? And goodness begets goodness. We, we, you know, we talk about this in terms of if you brighten someone's day, they'll be nicer to the next person, right? It's like his own loyalty uh, makes his integrity go further and further.
4: I'm reminded of, in my, in my kind of introduction to Buddhist practice class that I took at some point, um, when we were learning metta meditation, which is loving-kindness meditation, you start first with yourself um, and then you think of a person that you love. And then you think of, a, you know, someone that you don't know. You might not know their name, might be a stranger. And only then do you think of someone who you maybe struggle with. Um, and I feel like the same order is happening in right. in how these people are being saved. Like Harry stays initially for someone he loves. And then like Joe, like kind of likes, but doesn't really know her. Uh, and then this stranger, Gabriella.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Something I've been thinking a lot about lately is... I, tipping points, basically, is something I've been thinking about lately. So it's like my, I have a very good dog. She's a very well-behaved dog. And when she acts up, right, I'm like, do I no longer get to say she's a good dog because she did this bad thing once? Or, or like, how many times does she have to do something in order for me to have to say about her, she's actually sort of unreliable about this, right? <laughs> I, Right, like, when, and we see it in the chapter, too, is what I'm struck by. We see it in, um, ha- in when Harry, Ron, and Hermione, at the very beginning of the chapter, the three of them are talking, and Harry is like, I want to talk about, you know, s- what Snape needs a second chance for. And Hermione says, we should trust Snape, and gives two reasons. She's like, one, Dumbledore trusts Snape, and Dumbledore is really good at trusting, right? He trusted Hagrid, nobody else did, he trusted Lupin, nobody else did. We should trust Dumbledore. And also, I once thought Snape was trying to kill Harry, and it turns out that Snape was trying to save Harry. So I I have these two reasons. And I was just thinking, oh, if she only had one of the reasons, would she be more interested in that, right? And so I think, but yeah, so she's being loyal to Snape in this moment. And I, I guess I wonder about that too, right? Like if... If a friend lies to you, if you catch your friend in a white lie, you're not going to be like, well, I don't trust you anymore and I'm not loyal to you. But if you catch your friend in, like, a dozen white lies in a few days, you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then if it turns out that you see them be rude to a waiter also, you're like, uh Right? Like, at what point is the flip where you will become disloyal? Mm. I like that. Vanessa, it sounds like...
5: You're, you just use the word trust um, and like this, this issue of trust. And yeah. like, I think trust is very close to loyalty. Yeah. Can you like tease out a little bit, like is trust always necessary for loyalty? Like what the implication is of?
3: Yeah, I think that loyalty is a sort of promise based on trust that gets you through bursts of not necessarily trusting, hmm. right? So, and then if the not trusting goes on too long, then there's that tipping point where you like go into disloyalty, does that make sense? So like, I'm gonna use you as an example because you're in here. So Casper and I, I trust you completely, you know, I, I really do. Um, keys to my apartment, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, my life, your life, fine. And then if Casper were to tr- trash my apartment once when, usually when Casper comes to my apartment and I wasn't there, dishes that were in the sink get cleaned. Like he leaves <laughs> he leaves my apartment nicer than he found it. So I trust him. Right, so because there's trust built up, I feel like you can make like 10 mistakes, 20 mistakes, and the loyalty would stay.
4: That's good to know. But
3: <laughs> Let's not push it. But if there wasn't trust first, right, then the loyalty right. isn't there. And the first mistake, you're like, okay, see ya. Yeah. Right?
5: Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anywhere else you see loyalty in this chapter?
3: You see their kids' loyalty to Hagrid pay off. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is only, this is another like loyalty but getting loyalty. They go to Hagrid in the previous chapter and are like, we miss you. And because of that, Hagrid comes back. And actually Hagrid going away and coming back has sort of inspired him to maybe become a better teacher. And he, right, like really leans into the um, unicorn lesson. And so I feel like they, they believe in Hagrid and he like rises to meet their loyal expectations of him. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that's lovely. Something that I noticed
5: in, in our last episode that we released, um, you say, you criticize um, Professor- Grubbly Plank. Thank you, Grubbly Plank.
3: For For being sexist against boys.
5: Right. Yeah. Um, We won't call it that. For excluding the boys from the learning experience in the class. And Hagrid comes back to his class mm -hmm. and is like, oh, actually baby unicorns are like fine being petted by boys. So why don't, and he invites the boys into the space. So it's like this very lovely moment where the criticism that you had of Grubbly Plank's pedagogy is actually like, um, I don't know, exceeded by Hagrid.
3: Yeah. I still not right, so my trust in Hagrid's teaching is not strong enough. Right now, I'm loyal to him—the idea of him being a teacher. He did one good lesson. Congratulations, Hagrid! You're a second-year teacher. Do we Figure have any out.
4: teachers here this evening? Yes. Thank you. Have you all contributed to the failed pedagogy at Hogwarts book? That we're yes.
3: It would be longer than the series. Yeah, <laughs> mostly because teachers are wordy, so their essays would be. I'm kidding. No, it's just there's so much felt. Okay.
5: Ooh. Well, thank you for that theme discussion. Thank you. I think it's time for our spiritual practice. Yes.
3: Okay. I love
2: the spiritual practice music.
3: It's like, ooh. <clears throat>
2: um.
3: So today's spiritual practice, we are going to do pardes. Ooh, ooh. it's our favorite spiritual That's practice. My favorite. <laughs> It's, it really is my favorite. It really is my favorite. OK. Um, so we had Ariana pick a sentence for us, yes, and then I will explain what Purdaye is. Does that sound good?: Yeah. Well, why don't you, do you have any background on Purdaye to share? Oh, do I?) <laughs> Um, so Pardes is a Jewish reading practice and Pardes, it, um there's like numerology with Jewish words, Hebrew words. They're not Jewish words, they're Hebrew words. Words do not have a religious identity. Um, <laughs> Hebrew words. Anyway, so Pardes, one of the meanings of Pardes is orchard and the idea is that you can reach your hand into a book and pluck something and no matter what it is, <laughs> you eat fruit weird. <laughs> So, Pardes, you pick it, in, and no matter where you put your hand in a book, so you will get something nutritious and, like, juicy from it. And so, it's a four-step reading practice, and we will walk you through it as we go. Um, and that, is that, that's enough. Yeah. Vanessa, nothing's really calling to me. Oh. Should we go to the audience? Can we go to the audience? Yes. So, audience, help us pick a Pardes sentence, please. The pages for this chapter are... 479. Yes. Through... 508. 508. Great. So, somebody please say a number between 479 and 508.
4: I see someone specifically I'd like to ask, yeah. and they are wearing a kind of orange t shirt. Yes. Yes. You making the funny face. Yes. <laughs> Would you be willing to give us a number between
5: 479 and 508? Yes. Thank you. 495.
4: 495. 495. Thank that you. That is the
3: one I wanted. Sure. And then 495 has one, two, three, four, five paragraphs. Somebody y'all, a number one through five. I heard three. <laughs> so the sentence that we will be reading, so we're on page 495. If you have the American edition, and if you have the British edition, you're a snob. Yeah. Um, so 495. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sentence is small fish flickered past him like silver darts. Ooh. We would have made that noise no matter what the sentence <laughs> was. It's that is a good one. But it is a good one. It happens to be true. Okay. Time. Small fish flickered past him like silver darts. So the first step in is shot, and that is what is the intended meaning of the sentence? Casper, do you know? Do you want to?
4: I'm, I think this is just as he has, um, you know, webbed his feet and he's swimming and he's able to breathe underwater and there's this kind of relief that he's experiencing and he's moving swiftly through the water into, into depth um, and he is surrounded by fish.
3: Yeah, who, who flicker past him like silver darts.
4: Oh, yes.
3: You did really well. Thank Good you. work. Okay, so this next step, parades rep. Uh, Okay, so the second stage in pardes is remez. And what we do with remez is we pick one word in the sentence. So there are a lot of different ways you can do remez. It's about tracking um, the meaning of something. The way that we do remez is that we pick one word and we track it (laughs) through the seven books. And we see what meaning we can imbue this word with. Casper, I will read the sentence again. It is, small fish flickered past him like silver darts. What word jumped out at you? Uh,
4: silver. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, right? thank goodness. Because, and particularly because this is not just silver, like, oh, there's silver, but it's like silver in movement. And I'm thinking of patroni, patronuses. I'm thinking of like snake's tear memory. I'm thinking of unicorns, adult unicorns, Peter Pettigrew's ear. Wait, hey, arm. Yeah. I was like, what? Why ear? Yeah? I was like, no, it's... it's...
3: <laughs> okay, so wait. Before, we're going to get more ideas. So say them again. The unicorn, Peter Pettigrew's um, arm. The Patronus. The Patronus. cast. Snakes, so what are all these things? These are all very magical objects. Yes.
4: Like, silver is somehow otherworldly. And, I mean, that's true anyway, as we think about... I'm, I'm also suddenly thinking of the jewel tones of Harry's bath in, in the previous chapter. Like... The fact that pr- like precious jewels, silver, gold, like it's always, I don't know. There's there's something beyond.
3: The yes. End. Oh, the invisibility cloak, the Horcruxes.
4: Yeah, all of these are Say magical. Say more.
3: Who said Horcruxes? <laughs> that was so much help.
4: Everyone was like, it was her. <laughs>
3: <laughs> She's the witch. <laughs> um, no, I found that so helpful, Minnesotans. Yes. Thank you live you. up to your hype. Yes. <laughs> Orcrexes.
4: Rowena Ravenclaws. Died the in, yeah.
3: So what? So these are like. Oh, Green got the locket. Okay, so. Okay, think, class. <laughs> yeah. So everyone in here is in Ravenclaw. <laughs> got it. Got it.
4: But there's something, there's a magical it's deeply link.
3: Deeply magical. Yes. So let's reread the sentence yes. with that idea.
4: <gasps> yeah. Let's read it first. Great.
3: Small fish flickered past him like silver darts.
4: Who's to say they're not magical fish?
3: Right. I think that that's right. Right? And I think until now I assumed that those were the regular fish on the way to the weird magical stuff in the middle.
4: Yeah, the whole thing is magical. The whole thing. Which is like life.
3: (laughs) No, br- because... I swear to you, he's not on drugs. No, <laughs> no, this is just how he talks. Who
4: knows? Oh, what's her name? Um, Marie Howe, the poet who likes oh, Marie how Howe you. poetry. I do. Okay, just me. But there's this wonderful. I I oh, said. you did too. Yeah. Oh, good. I, that's why we're friends. Yeah. Um, she has this wonderful poem where she, she's writing about her brother who's dying of AIDS, and um, he he said like she's made him this pb M and J P B and J. Sandwich. We, we don't eat that in England. Um,
3: and like because it's yummy, and they're against that. Um,
4: and and she's kind of just, you know, describing all these normal things, and then he says to her, I can't paraphrase it well, but she, her her dying brother basically says like, look her, look at this, this, and like if that's what I love, it's a I'm...
5: cheese sandwich. <laughs> it's, I remember the poem. Yeah, yeah she it, says it's a, cheese... a
4: cheese sandwich,
5: and and he says like isn't that something like the yes. cheese sandwich? Exactly. Yeah.
4: And she's and like, "What?" Yeah. And he says this. this. Yeah. And like, yeah, the book is not about the silver fish on the way to the grindy but like even the silver fish are magical. Okay, that's my best bet.
5: Okay, I that feel like there good. were a lot of ideas that got thrown out very quickly. Yes, can you just pick one and work with it a little bit? Because okay. I feel like yeah, okay. I just so I feel I, like when we do it all up here, yeah, you know, we end up with like everything is magical. Um, but wow, wow.
3: <laughs> I actually thought he really brought it home. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. She's the bad guy this time. <laughs> Usually it's me. This time it's her. Yes, I, I have one I want to talk Great. about. The right. Horcruxes. I'm really interested in that because everything yeah. else we're saying, we're saying like everything is magical in a good way, right? Oh, and
4: let me guess. You're going to go somewhere dark and depressing. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> For a change. <laughs> um... Yeah, but it's interesting, right? Because it's like these highly magical objects, right? And it's they can be beautiful, and it can be like so great. It can be right. It can, but they can also be imbued with evil, and it is up to humanity, right? It's Voldemort turned them evil. The thing, the magical objects in and of themselves. I'm not. I I got to change my train of thought because it sounds like I'm saying. Guns so people kill people, ki- people kill people, uh, which is not what I'm saying. No, but like it's up to us to turn objects into good, right? That certain objects, like the diadem was never supposed to hold part of someone's soul, but that got imbued into the diadem. And so it's, it's up to us. We have magic accessible to us and it is up to us to honor it rather than sully it. Great. Yeah. I feel like we're we're drifting into... To other things. Um, step three. So step three, yes. It? Let's do that. So, um, step three is drosh, par deis. Yep. Step three is drosh. And what we do with drosh is we ask ourselves if we were a traditional rabbi or priest and we were given this piece of text to preach a sermon on, what would the sermon be that we would preach? So, I'm going to read us our piece of text and it is small fish flickered past him like silver darts
4: flickering implies you can't always see it like it's shimmering it's moving and so i think you know just building on what you were saying about it's our job to imbue things with meaning and with with goodness and with joy that's not always easy. It's, it's hard to see what is good and what isn't sometimes. I'm, I'm just thinking of like whether it's moving, they're moving at pace or you're in a lake and you can't actually see that well. But there's there's something about the flickering. Like it's, you have to grasp it and you can't always catch it. Um, so no, knowing what's right is, you know, we, we can easily say, oh, choose what is right over what is easy, but like you don't always know what is right.
3: Yeah, something I often feel is if I knew what the right thing to do then was... I'd do it. I would find the strength, even if it was hard, right, to do it. M- someone please tell me what the right thing is, because I don't know, right? And
4: Exercise or a milkshake?
3: <laughs> I don't know. Someone tell me. Don't tell me.
4: That's what I'm saying. Sometimes think- <laughs>
3: milkshake is the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're friends. <laughs> um... Vanessa, do you have something you would preach? I do. Um, Do you want to read it one more time? Yes, I do. It is small fish flickered past him like silver darts. Um, I, you know, I'm getting older. You all are too. (laughs) I'm just starting further ahead than you. And... um, and things are starting to, like, you know, there are certain things that are now clear to me that I will never do, right? And they, like, dart past you, and mm-hmm. they are shiny, and, like, you want to grab them. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that you just have to let go, and you just have to let them pass you. Um, and that, that can be hard, right? I, um, there is a young woman who I went to high school with who is a very celebrated, successful writer, and I'm very happy for her.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm very happy for her.
4: Your time will come. <laughs>
3: yes, no, I right? Like, there are just, like, certain things that I'm not going to be able to do anymore. And I think that sometimes because they're they're shiny, we want to grab at them and therefore forsake the path that we're on, which we made. I think it's about having faith in ourselves, right? We have to... Um, there's actually a, a Jane Eyre quote, right? Laws and principles are not for the moments in which it is easy, it is for moments like these when our soul rises up in mutiny. And it's, we choose our, our laws and principles when we are sane. Um, and so, I, and Jane says, I have to stick to the decisions that I made when I was sane because, you know, right now I'm quite mad. And I think when things are flickering past us, those can be moments of madness and that we have to remember the deliberate decisions we made when we were. Quite sane, mm. so that is what I would preach on. Okay, Saint Jane. Sane Jane. Mm. Mm. Okay, uh, last step is sewed, and sewed means secret. And there's a great
4: like the fish; it goes past, and sometimes you catch it, and mm. sometimes you don't.
3: Well done. Yeah. yeah so sewed part of the so sewed is definitely the most mystical practice that we do on the podcast, and um, the idea is that like sometimes a secret about the the text is emerges to you and sometimes it doesn't and that that's okay it's okay if we don't come up with anything guys it's okay
4: because one of you may have found it instead yeah the sode is there shall I read it
3: oh sure yes please it's right there
4: small fish flickered past him like silver darts
3: so we're gonna just take a moment together and see what emerges
4: small fish flickered past him like silver darts Darts is a game.
2: <laughs> Maybe
3: he is stone. No, I... Like, life... Like, like,
4: don't take it too seriously. Let's just have fun. It's a game. Unless you're a professional, and then it's your livelihood. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. and the kids back home, were dependent on it. What <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> about you, um,
4: Vanessa? What so did you find?
3: So, I... I Now I feel like such a downer. (laughs) Uncle Casper always wants to have fun. Um, So, um, I was thinking about um, the silvery, the other silvery things that appear to Harry in difficult times is in the forest. His um, parents and Sirius and Lupin appear to him and, and keep him company as he walks toward um, his death. And I was just thinking that um, if you are caught up on the podcast, you know that my grandfather recently passed away. And I'm not somebody who believes in an afterlife and i don't believe that like he's looking over me or anything but what i do believe very much is that like there my grandpa was a really big part of my life i was very lucky and i was very lucky to have him until i was 35 and i really don't think a day will go by in my life when i do not think of him mm-hmm. um and that is a kind of accompaniment right um and so these silver fish right these uh, accompaniers i think that more might be around us and accompanying us even if it feels like they're gone and they're passing us by. Flickering. Yeah. That there are moments that you can see them. Mm-hmm. Also, life should be fun. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm not against fun. <laughs> Speaking of fun, it's <clears throat> time for an
0: ad. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, UnitedHealthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
5: Vanessa, I have a question for you from Twitter.
0: Oh, like all of
5: Twitter? All of it. Whoa. Um... Andrea wants to know, if you were invited to give a guest lecture at Hogwarts, what would it be on? It's
3: a really obvious question. I mean, it's a really good question, but I would lecture them about the failed pedagogy at Hogwarts. (laughs) I would be like, I actually am not an expert in this but I googled how to teach
2: and this wiki
3: how article says ten things. You do them all wrong and we would go through step by step. We have a very short professional development day for all the teachers at Hogwarts and I really do believe it would make a world of difference. I really do. Don't abuse your students. Step one. Detention should not be in places where they can die. I feel like Again, not an expert. Feel like I would kill this one. <laughs> so it's an excellent question. Thank you.:
4: <laughs> Amazing. Well, luckily, this evening we are joined by a fabulous guest, and in fact, our host. Travis Salisbury invited us here to the Basilica and we're so glad he's with us. Um, And he's going to give some of his thoughts on this theme of loyalty. He's the coordinator, this is such a good job title, the coordinator of liturgical celebrations for the Basilica of St. Mary. And an oblate, which means kind of like you've made some sort of vow, but you're not a monk right in St. Paul's Monastery in Maplewood he is a self-proclaimed passionate church nerd and he's appropriately obsessed with all things Harry Potter and in his spare time he reads cooks gardens and walks dogs welcome Travis
1: thank you guys. Welcome to the Basilica St. Mary. It's a pleasure to host you guys. Uh, My primary role here at the Basilica is working with and coordinating volunteers, but the story I want to tell you today is about what I do when I'm not here. and In my days off, I walk dogs. Um, I never thought I'd be one of those people who... You know, it has 10 to 15 dogs trailing behind him because, let's admit it, walking one dog is hard and stressful enough, uh, let alone those. And the biggest dog I have in my pack is a 110-pound Old English Shepherd. The littlest wow. one is a 6-pound little Morky. Uh, so it's quite, quite the pack. Um, and so I travel from one end of the city to the other, packing all these dogs into the backseat of my little four-door car, which is now completely ruined. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's something to just look in the rearview mirror and see all these little happy faces. So excited to, uh, to get ready for the walk and I finally have all the dogs. We pile into St. Paul and walk along the river or, uh, or through uh, downtown. So it's, 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 a, it's a trip. Uh, for the better part of a year, though, I had this little bulldog, Nitschke. Don't let him fool you. He declared himself lord of the front seat in that picture. So... <laughs> Uh, he is adorable, but when we started walking I mean, him, he was, he was a puppy, and he's a bulldog, and if any of you have bulldogs, you know they're a very strong-willed breed. And uh, so we'd go on the walk, and the walk was going fantastic, except this guy. Uh, he would pull this way, a leaf would fly by, and all the other dogs would go, oh, a leaf, and he'd be like, oh my god, I want that leaf. <laughs> um, <laughs> And the worst part would be we'd be walking through a busy intersection, and if any of you have seen people with these dogs, it's so tempting to pull out the phone and be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I want a picture of this or a video to throw up on YouTube or something. And so we'd be in the middle of a busy, busy intersection with all these cell phones out, and he decided that it's playtime and goes into play bows and tries to get all these dogs all super riled up. So. Um, I would go from feeling pretty awesome to questioning my whole commitment to walking dogs why did I think those even remotely uh, good idea and there was one particular day where I was an hour-long walk and my arm was so sore from trying to keep this dog uh, in the pack and I got to a point where I sat down on a park bench got them all seated and I proceeded to sob and think oh my gosh what have I done Um, he he challenged me uh, that that severely I mean it's it's from those little things that the big things like we we're talking about where, where's the tipping point and I had reached my tipping point uh, with mr. Nitschke um, <laughs> so I, I was feeling really stressed out about this, and I just was really questioning my loyalty to the company and thinking I should, should bail. And then one night I was out walking in, on my own near my apartment building, and across the uh, parking lot I saw a human with a bulldog. And there are plenty of bulldogs in the neighborhood, so I didn't think much of it, except for this bulldog, ears perked up, and his beady little eyes followed me across the parking lot. And as I got closer and closer, I, I saw his human, I said, oh, good evening. And I just happened to say, is that Nitschke? And this dog went from just beating the lies on me to just melting. You know how dogs do that when they suddenly go, oh. And I think in that moment, Nishki taught me a little bit about loyalty that, you know, sometimes loyalty just kind of simmers below the surface sometimes that we're not really fully aware of our loyalties. And it's in those moments that are sort of pure and honest and uncomplicated. Uh, for those of us who might subscribe to a faith tradition, it's moments like Passover or Holy Week or Ramadan, those really kind of focused moments that make us go, ah, huh, yeah, that's that's why I do what I do and why I believe and subscribe uh, to these sorts of things. And it is it is sort of cliche almost to say, oh, the, the episode's about loyalty. Let me tell you about dogs. <laughs> 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 um, but I think dogs are great because they really do give us space to think and metaphor about um, our lives. And, and they they are those beings that are truly in the moment um, 100% there's no past there's no future really for dogs you know they're honed in on you right then and there and I think those are the times where I am truly most loyal is when I'm in the presence in my job working with volunteers you know I'm always three weeks ahead of myself or two weeks behind myself mm-hmm. and very rarely in the present moment and and it's really in those moments where I find that I get myself into trouble with loyalty and really when you, you really focus in and realize that this is the moment and this is the only moment we have together that loyalty really uh, flowers and has its truest expression you know there's certainly complications around it so it's not that it's that it's uh, an honesty that is uncomplicated uh, but it's those really kind of focused moments and uh, dogs in particular I think give us a chance to uh, to experience that so thank you Nitschke for teaching me about loyalty
4: (laughs) I love I love that idea that when when we're full, when we're fully present, and and you know, if you use God language, you could say kind of when you, when you really feel like fully connected to who you are and whose you are and how you are in the universe, like that's when we're at our most loyal in our in our fullest self. That's beautiful. Yeah,
3: yeah and I think that that's also when we're most capable of breaking loyalty if we need to, mm. right? True. Of standing up. If we're really in the present and you're not thinking, well, this is a relationship I should maintain because, you know, of X or Y, and we feel our values being crossed, it's right. a moment where we're like, do you know what? I'm actually going to have integrity here and let loyalty go by. Exactly. Right? Like if Nitschke were to, like, bite a little kid, <laughs> right. which he never would. Never. Because no. he looks perfect. <laughs> He's he's pretty perfect. Yeah, Um, right. It's like those moments. um, I think, yeah, I think a call for presence, even in the name of loyalty, is a is a lovely call. I also like any story about dogs, (laughs) especially ones that have visual aids. People listening (laughs) at home, he was so cute.
4: (laughs) Awesome, Travis. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad to be here.
3: Casper hates dogs.
2: I
4: I like them at an appropriate distance. And that was perfect. (laughs) Um, It's it's lovely to be here in the Basilica, especially because um, our next uh, spiritual practice is what we call sacred imagination, but um, was introduced, of course, by St. Ignatius of Loyola, himself a great Catholic spiritual teacher. And this one really is our favorite spiritual practice. This is our favorite spiritual practice. And so I've chosen a passage for us this evening, which comes towards the end uh, of the chapter, the second task. What I want you to do, if you're so comfortable, is I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and maybe plant both feet on the floor and get comfortable in your sit bone, which is a nice way of saying your bottom. Um, Which is
3: a nice way of saying your butt. (laughs)
4: And I want you to feel just the weight of your body on the chair. I'm going to read a longish passage, and I want you to feel as much as you can the different senses that you experience as you listen. Harry darted forwards and began to hack at the robes binding the small girl to the statue. And at last she was free. He seized the little girl around the waist, grabbed the neck of Ron's robes, and kicked off from the bottom. It was very slow work. He could no longer use his webbed hands to propel himself forwards. He worked his flippers furiously, but Ron and Fleur's sisters were like potato-filled sacks dragging him down. He fixed his eyes skywards, though he knew he must still be very deep. The water above him was so dark. people were rising with him he could see them swirling around him with ease watching him struggle through the water would they pull him back down to the depths when the time was up did they perhaps eat humans harry's legs were seizing up with the effort to keep swimming his shoulders were aching horribly with the effort of dragging ron and the girl he was drawing breath with extreme difficulty now He could feel pain on the sides of his neck again. He was becoming very aware of how wet the water was in his mouth. Yet the darkness was definitely thinning now. He could see daylight above him. Thank you. I'm going to ask Vanessa, what did you feel? Who were you? Where were you? What was happening?
3: I mean, I was hairy. (laughs) Um... Part of what was so interesting was that what I felt for so long was just sheer terror. First, I felt a task in front of me, right? Mm -hmm. And so as long as I was doing work, I was fine. I was hacking at something good. And then I had this big task in front of me of, like, swimming. And I feel like the other really interesting thing as far as feeling goes is that suddenly the water is very wet and it's hard for him to breathe. And I feel like, you know, those moments where you notice the sun or you notice a breeze or or you can't breathe for some reason and you're like, right, things that you take for granted suddenly become very important. And so mm. that was really interesting. I never think about how water feels wet in my mouth. Mm. It was a very, like, interesting observation. But it was it's just sheer terror with, like, very little hope everything to lose and he like he doesn't even know what his enemies are right he doesn't know if the mer people are going to pull him down he is so no pun intended in over his head like (laughs) um so it's also that feeling of being overwhelmed i like if i were to put it in like my life possibility right it's like a big car accident or something where you you're like okay i know how to try to stop this there's only so much i can do before chaos right it's this completely overwhelming thing what about you
4: i was really noticing how time became impossible to manage you know sometimes when you're scrubbing plates throughout the night in detention or something you've like doing a task and it's 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 taking so much of you you are just completely unaware of time or you're waiting in a hospital room and like has it been hours days uh, who knows um just that intensity of emotion and how time disappears Friends, we've come to the end of our show. I know, I know. But we'll be back, surely, at some point in Minneapolis. Um, And as you know, we always close the show by offering a blessing to one of the characters that we met in the pages of this chapter. And a blessing is really an opportunity for us to shine a a light on something... um, that lives within us uh, that is perhaps not always seen, perhaps not always acknowledged or celebrated and to remind us in some way of who we really are. Um, And so um, I'm going to invite you all to think of someone that you might want to bless and might be from this chapter. It might be from the books uh, or someone in your own life. Um, Someone who maybe needs an extra word of encouragement or a... um yeah chance to be really seen for the wonderful person they really are. Um, so we'll ask you to to share with someone near you and then we'll uh, share our blessings from the stage as well. so share your blessing with one another. I'm going to invite Ariana to share her blessing from this chapter
5: yeah um I'm going to bless someone who we don't bless very often. His name is Harry Potter. (laughs) Um, I'm going to bless him for this moment where he feels really stupid for having thought that Dumbledore would have let everyone drown. Um, And that's because I'm a younger sibling. And my brother, whose birthday it is today, um, happy birthday, James, he really liked playing me for a fool when i was a kid i was just like so gullible and i fell for it every time um, and i like learned very quickly to be very cynical about everything that he told me and then i think as i grew up i learned to become cynical of what institutions told me and um, kind of hold myself away and i don't think that makes cynicism right even though sometimes it's necessary i think what's right and what's beautiful is to believe people when they tell you things um and to like earnestly meet someone where they are and so i want to bless harry for being earnest and for like hearing something and believing that it was true um and i and i hope for myself and for everyone that we can find a little bit of that earnestness in our lives
4: thank you ariana
3: thank you thank you
4: How about you, Vanessa?
3: So I'm gonna sh- shock everybody. You guys wanna finish the sentence with me? Hermione! I'm gonna bless Hermione. <laughs> I'm sorry, she just does the best thing in this chapter. The best thing ever. Um, There's a boy who she likes and who likes her and is trying to get her attention. And she's like, "Shh, my friend just did something amazing. And is just so focused on her friend. And she is not letting a boy distract her from her friendships. And I think that, especially at 14, that is like a nearly heroic feat. <laughs> the like world's greatest Quidditch player is like trying to get her attention. And she's like, no, Harry. So I want to bless people who don't go after the shiny thing and throw things that matter under the bus. My mom raised us that you never cancel plans for better plans, and I feel like that is what Hermione is doing in this moment. So I want to offer her a blessing for that. Casper, who would you like to bless?
4: Um, There's a, a moment which we haven't actually touched on in conversation today where um, Dobby reveals how he learned about the Gillyweed. And he overhears uh, Mad-Eye Moody and McGonagall talking about it. And it made me suddenly think, maybe McGonagall knew that Dobby was listening. And maybe this was her way of trying to help Harry, even from afar. Um, And I don't know what that means in the big picture. (laughs) but i i love that i love the instinct of wanting to help and i think that's what i want to bless like in in all of us to to listen to that instinct even though maybe to act on it sometimes is countercultural or feels a little strange but the the desire to to help one another even if it's clumsy um the desire itself is worth blessing so i bless McGonagall today amen yeah
3: finally we would like to um bless all of you yes um for you know when casper and i started this project nine million years ago (laughs) um we promised each other we were so excited about this idea of treating harry potter as sacred that we promised each other that even if nobody came to that class we would sit in the room together just the two of us and meet every wednesday for nine months from seven to eight thirty um and do this and do this project and we that that was a very real possibility <laughs> um and so to have all of you here and to have you make sacrifices of babysitters and buying tickets and supporting our crowdfunder and um listening every week just means the world to us and so i would like to bless all of you for the instinct of wanting to be a part of something and wanting to come and show up with your bodies to be a part of that and so thank you thank you very much very much thank you
4: So that is our show, dear friends.
3: We're going to do our credits.
4: Get ready. Oh, I thought there was more music coming. (laughs) 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 Thank you for joining us. We're going to be hanging out just over here saying hello. We'd love to meet you, so please come and say hello. Introduce yourselves. I'm going to pee first. Vanessa's going to pee first. Um, There's more fabulous merch on the tables behind. Please leave the space as you have found it in good order.
3: Um, Tonight, we would like to thank Emily and Maureen. We would like to thank the amazing Travis Salisbury and everybody here at the Basilica of St. Mary, including RJ, Chelsea, Cody, and Ethan. A big thanks to Megan and Duke Rada for do- selling merch for us and doing the thing for us and putting us up and just having the cutest baby in the entire world. To Jeff Edman for conducting the music. Ariana for con- doing all of the music tonight. Most importantly, for all of you for coming. Thank you so much for being here.
4: I'm Tech Kyle.
5: I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And I'm Ariana Nettleman. And, and this, this is been Harry Potter,
4: Potter and the Sacred Text. Tonight. The live show!